Girl Camper is sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Get an RV policy quote by calling 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or going to progressive.com backslash RV. And go Little Guy Worldwide, whose full line of lightweight camping trailers are Girl Camper favorites. And Penguin Random House, publishers of The Idiot's Guide to RV Vacations and The Complete Idiot's Guide to RVing. My name is Janine Pettit, and I'm a girl camper. I go places and I do things in my little 1966 Go Tag Along vintage travel trailer. Along the way, I meet many interesting people traveling the back roads, and I want to share their stories with you. We will talk about the qualities of what makes a girl camper and how you can become a girl camper too. The girl campers are having a party, and you're invited. Stay tuned while I share what's happening on the back roads of America the Beautiful. Welcome. I'm Janine Pettit, girl camping ambassador, blogger, adventurist, and podcaster. And this is episode 36 of Girl Camper, the podcast. Well, my guests today are none other than the co-hosts of the RV Family Travel Atlas podcast, none other than Stephanie and Jeremy Puglisi, my producer and her Mr. Sister. It seems wrong to just say they're podcast hosts because if you listen to their podcast, you know that they are so much more than that. They're RV industry sages. They teach, they tutor, they mentor, they do everything in between. They help the wannabes and the proficients. And it's no wonder that Penguin Random House just published a book by them. I thought it would be fun to find out how books are conceived and born. I've just always wanted to know. So today we're going to take an inside peek at the process and hopefully get a little hint about what their next book is all about. We're going to be back and we're going to be having Stephanie and Jeremy Puglisi as our guest today. Roundup is brought to you by Progressive Insurance and Little Guy Worldwide. Adding an RV policy to another progressive policy, like a home, auto, motorcycle, or boat, is a great way to save time and money. Of course, if you're a girl camper and you have multiple trailers, you can bundle those instead. Get a quote and get saving by calling 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or visiting progressive.com backslash RV. The other proud sponsor of Girl Camper is Little Guy Trailers, and they're in the business of getting you into the great outdoors. To make camping easier, but most of all more fun, their trailers are all lightweight and easy to tow behind most vehicles. Plus, they offer the safety and security all we girl campers want. In addition to that, Really cool accessories like tents and visors and things that attach to them that make girl campers happy. Visit them at littleguy.com to find out which trailer suits you and your car, truck, or even motorcycle. See just how easy it is to get out there with Little Guy Trailer behind you all the way. Well, our news roundup today is all about my little St. George trailer who's in the shop. So I took my St. George over to have all of these rookie mistakes I'm making repaired. The poor thing isn't three weeks old and I've already managed to collapse all four scissor jacks on the thing. So they're being replaced now. I'm hoping that two of them are salvageable and I can put them on my lake house trailer because my little vintage go tag along doesn't have any kind of built-in stabilizing jacks and it's a pain in the neck. So there, it's in the shop and I'm getting 
all four scissor jacks replaced. I'm gonna upgrade them a little to something a little more heavy duty. The other rookie mistake I made is that last week when my husband and I were towing the trailer to the Country Living Fair, we did not realize that the wire coming from the trailer through the brake box to the plug in the back of the truck, the seven-way plug that brings us lights and brakes, was dragging on the ground and there was just a sliver of rubber left by the time we figured this one out and it all has to be replaced now. I didn't even ask him what it's going to cost because it doesn't matter because I have to have it done. So that's being replaced in the shop and I have to tell you when I brought that trailer over to JC Campers in New Egypt, um, New Jersey where they, they, they were so happy to see me. They were so happy I wasn't dragging one of my projects behind me because for 10 years now JC Campers has been troubleshooting with me. I usually bring some camper in there and I say, Chris, is it a keeper or should I let it go? And he looks it over and says thumbs up or thumbs down. So before I invest a lot of time and energy to a trailer, I want to make sure that it's safe and the frame is good and there's the axles good before I start decorating and redoing the inside. So when I pulled up in that new trailer, <laughs> I think they were so happy because usually when Janine pulls up, it involves two or three guys coming out of the shop and everybody taking a look at it and trying to figure out what they're going to do. And it's always like a special project. It's a troubleshooting thing. So I pulled up and I had a brand new trailer and it needed things that they know how to do. They didn't have to put on their thinking caps and think, well, how are we going to retrofit this? So He's there, he's fixing the scissor jacks, he's putting the new wire on for me. But another thing that I decided to have done, and I got this off one of the Riverside Retro Forums, here's something that I'm learning because I've never owned a trailer like this before. When I pulled it into the driveway and the battery is completely charged. Now I got that deep cell marine battery that everybody told me to upgrade to. A deep cell marine battery will recharge and recharge without ever losing its power. If you let your battery in the car go dead even three or four times, your battery is going to be shot and need to be replaced. They don't come back up to full charge the way a deep cell marine battery will. That's the kind they use in boats and in trailers. So we got that very much more expensive battery and we put it in there. And I thought, well, this is great, right? Because we're using this when we're boondocking. But here's what I found out. When I park it in the driveway, I, I, it's fully charged because I've just towed it home and that brings the, bat the towing process and being plugged in brings the battery up to full charge. So I put it in my driveway and I put the slide out out and the trailer was not plugged into electric. So I really wasn't running anything in there though. I put the slide out, but then I, I didn't even have lights on because I was only out there during the day. And I went to put the slide in and, and slide out in and there was no battery. The battery was dead. So what I found out is that the things that are running in your trailer that are gauging things and searching for things like the, the carbon monoxide detector and the smoke detector and, and maybe even the radio. I didn't have the radio on, but I'm wondering if just the light that keeps the time and everything on is draining the battery as well. But anyway, I went on to one of the forums and it said that a lot of people have a switch put on the tongue jack in order to pull in the driveway and just shut the battery off when you're not using it in the driveway. So I decided to have that done because the battery is not really easily accessible on that trailer. It's put behind the two propane tanks and it's a very tight squeeze. And if I had to take the top off of the battery box, the plastic cover uh, with the mesh nylon um, banding that goes around it. Every time I pull in the driveway or I'm going to park the thing for a period of time, it would be a real pain in the neck. So Chris is going to put a switch on there for me. And the other thing that I decided to have done to the trailer is to change out my hitch. So the hitch that I've had for years is adjustable. It goes up and down. And when our daughter was 
in her equestrian years and we had a horse trailer the hitch on the horse trailer was very low and then the camper was very high so we ended up getting this hitch that could go up and down and it in fact also has three balls on it so it turns all these different ways but each way in which it turns is another component and it's a moving part and it's not one solid piece of steel well in order to get my new trailer on it i have to have it at the lowest possible setting and when that happens it doesn't have enough um support behind it and i notice that it's dipping down and it's causing a little um settling in the middle so while chris has it there i asked him to get me a hitch that is one solid piece that is going to run level so he took that measurement from the floor to the big, uh, middle of the hitch receiver and he needs to replace that because I'm getting an anti-sway bar. So the anti-sway bar needs a, a little ball on the hitch and they're gonna have to put a ball onto the tongue jack too. Now you can solder these on, but they're also screwed on and then soldered. So he's, I already bought the anti-sway bar and I left it with him. So all those things are getting done to the trailer. And I feel a little bit like a drunken sailor on leave because every time I turn around, I'm spending money on that trailer. But I just want it to be as safe as possible. And the things that are going to be used all the time, I just want to spend that extra money and time and effort on so that when I'm using it, it's most enjoyable. And it doesn't become a stress thing for me. So taking care of all these little components, I'm going to pick the trailer back up in the middle of next week. And then my mom is going to be here. And my mom and I are heading up to Massachusetts. We're going to do a three-generation camp out my mom and myself and my youngest daughter monique who's graduating from high school we're going on a little five-day road trip grandma mommy and daughter and it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, my aunt sue is a solo woman rver and i'm going to actually interview her for the podcast because she has gone to alaska by herself in her class c motorhome and has climbed mount rainier i mean she is just She's the fluke in the family. So Aunt Sue is going to be on the show because she could teach us all a thing or two about girl camping. <laughs> so I can't pass that opportunity to interview her about her wild travels over the years. She's just incredible woman. So I'm going to visit Aunt Sue and do that. Now, there's one more thing I want to talk about in the news roundup, and that is just a reminder about tire safety. So another one of the women had a blowout last week, and I just want to remind you of one thing. When the weather is hot, tires inflate much more than they do in cold weather. So when you're driving on black pavement on really hot days, the, high, the tire gets very heated up and it causes the tire to expand. So don't forget, please, to check your tires when they're cold before you leave in the morning to begin driving. I just went to Amazon.com and for $10, I bought a digital readout tire gauge because I can never read those little things that are like pens that go in your pocket. I can't see without glasses, but I love this. It has a digital readout. So Mark Polk in his article on tire safety, which I've linked to before, but I'll put it again. Mark Polk from RV Education 101 and his wife Dawn, they provide incredible information and service for RVers and you should avail yourself of their site with any questions you have. But Mark wrote a really good article on tire safety and he suggested that you do not inflate your tires to maximum. So if your PSI is 35, maybe you want to start it down at 32 because they're going to heat up and expand. If they heat up and expand and you measure them on the road, you may think that they're overinflated and let air out and they're really not. They're just heated up for the day. So anyway, to find the PSI, it's on the outside of your tire. It's a ridiculously small number. And with all the rules and regulations in this world, I don't know how the NTSB has not at some point said, we really need this information to be larger because the name of the manufacturer and what when the tire was made and where it was made is five times as big as this information that is key 
to tire safety, and that is the PSI, pounds per square inch. So once you find that number, and I find mine with a piece of white chalk, it's micro small. And if you run a piece of white chalk over it, it pops out at you and you can read that number. In my lake house cabin, I wrote it down with a black Sharpie on the inside of my kitchen cabinet. Because if you pull over and you just forget and you're in the rain or you're in a crowded gas station trying to get this number, it's just easier to have it written down in your glove compartment or inside the trailer so you always have it accessible. It's not always easy to find that number. So find it out once and for all. Put it in your kitchen cabinet and check your tires before you leave Buy yourself a nice gauge that can be easily read and make sure when you're traveling many miles at a time, if you're driving six or seven hours in a day, taking a long trip, check your tire pressure every single day. All right, that's my tire safety reminder, just being a reminder. <laughs> so I'm going to be back in a minute and we're going to have our interview with Stephanie and Jeremy but before we do that I want to tell you a, a little message from our sponsor Go Little Guy. Go Little Guy Worldwide wants to help you get into the great outdoors. If you want to do that but don't know where to start Little Guy Trailers has your back. They're a proud sponsor now of the Girl Camper Podcast and Little Guy Trailers wants to help you live free. Little Guy Trailers are simple Secure spaces that are lightweight and easy to tow behind most vehicles, big and small. Before you head out camping, visit littleguy.com for details on models, amenities, and information on how easy it is to get started with Little Guy. We'll be back in a minute with Stephanie and Jeremy. Well, welcome listeners. I know that every week I say I'm very excited about my guests, but I'm very excited about my guests, plural. I think this is the first on Girl Camper where I have two guests on the show at one time today. And they're very special guests because it is our dear friends, Stephanie and Jeremy Puglisi from the RV Family Travel Atlas podcast. And they are here to talk about their book, RV Vacations. Hello, Girl Camper producer and husband. <laughs> Great to be on the show, Janine. Well, for the second time, right, Jeremy? Yeah. Oh my God! You're back to back. Back to back. That's another first. This is one of my great accomplishments in life. Yes, <laughs> that's two firsts and the Girl Camper. I really okay. hope the Girl Campers like me. <laughs> Are you I, nervous about the feedback? I'm a little bit less nervous this time. All right. <laughs> well, you know what. I am enjoying your book. So it came out May 12th. And so it's been out now for a, just a little over two weeks. And it was made a big splash, right, Stephanie, down in West Virginia. Big splash. Stephanie yeah. was the star. <laughs> I had to sign books, and that's just <laughs> uncomfortable. Like, you know, like, you're like, I want to sign your book, but yeah. it's weird to sign a book. Uh, and I enjoyed watching you sign those books. <laughs> and it was so funny because we went down to this Camp Like a Girl event, and I, Stephanie came down maybe two days later. And everybody kept saying to me, when is Stephanie getting here? Is Stephanie getting here? Is she bringing the books? And Everybody was so stoked. All the girl campers follow your show. So they knew the book was out. And then there were there were a couple of funny things like, oh, I ordered mine. I pre-ordered. And I also pre-ordered. So mine arrived while I was in West Virginia. Right. That was a problem, right? But I got a complimentary <laughs> copy. You did. But, but there were girls there who was like, I'm just going to buy a second one because I need mine autographed by no, Stephanie I, Puglisi, published author. I have to say that. Your girl campers are bucket fillers. Have you ever heard of that no, book? Okay. okay, so this is an elementary teacher okay. thing, right? There's a children's book out there about um, filling people's buckets. Oh, and so a lot of us teach this lesson on being bucket fillers, right? And what that means is like, you know, what if somebody has an empty bucket, you want to put water in it, right? Okay. You want to fill it up. You don't want to be a bucket dipper. 
Oh no! Or you're bucket reaching dumpers in. where you just flip the bucket upside down. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. That would be a bully. Yeah, and the girl campers were bucket fillers. Like they just from start to finish yeah. made me they're the best. Oh, made me feel. I was like, wow, you guys are so generous. Just yeah. made me feel good about myself. Oh, I know. What, what, <laughs> best therapy ever. If you're Stephanie feeling called low. me and said over and over again, like over the course of that weekend, I got three phone calls. Like you would not believe how lovely these women are. They were. It was the best. From the minute I pulled out of Davis, West Virginia on my way home, I just kept saying to Carol, I just want to do over. That was so fun. So everybody was there lining up to see you and, and, and get your book. And I got it there too. And it was so exciting, just thrilling. So I have it on my nightstand, my pretend nightstand, which is the other side of the bed in the camper. And I've been picking it up at night when I go out in the driveway to sit in my camper because I just can't get enough camper time in right now. Well, I wonder why. <laughs> I just have <laughs> new to, camper. <laughs> when anybody's looking for me, they just come to the driveway. So I've been flipping through the book when I'm taking my little breaks and I'm enjoying every single page of it. So I wanted to have you and Jeremy on the show because I think as a writer myself and you guys are writers, every writer has a dream that someday they're going to write a book. Did you have that dream, Jeremy? Honestly, since I was a little kid, my brother used to write little stories and staple them together. I've Aww. mentioned this on the other podcast. They were weird. They were scary. They were bizarre. Uh-huh. But something about the experience of him making and publishing his own little stories made me want to be a published writer, probably from the time I was five years old. So you always... What about you, Stephanie? Did you? I have to say that although I recognize that it would be a pretty, like cool thing to say, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm a published author. Right. Like, ooh, right. that would yeah. be exciting. Um, in this day and age, it felt like the amount of work that mm. it was to do like old media, right? right? And in an age where people don't buy books anymore, it's all digital. everybody's on Facebook for all their information <laughs> right. or whatever. Right. I was less motivated by the idea and more intimidated by the overwhelming amount of work. So, yeah, I, I would say I was a little more on the fence, but I have to, I, I do have to say Jeremy is absolutely 100% being honest. I always knew that that was probably in the top three life accomplishments that you wanted to do. I oh, don't know. absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. We're going to have to yeah. find out what the other two are. I, well, I don't know. Well, Mary Stephanie, that's done. Check. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Have beautiful children. Yeah. Check. So I'm done. I'm relaxed. I'm at peace, Janine. It's very zen. Okay. So the interesting thing is, you know, you guys have an incredible body of work. When I look at your website, the people you already write for, you're always writing articles for KOA, for Jellystone, for Trailer Life. You've got articles out there everywhere. You're very accomplished writers already. And you have a big body of work. So how did it come about that you began uh, the process of writing this book? Did, did you pursue this or did somebody find you? How, how did it all happen? Thunderbolt from the heavens. Yeah, Janine. we did not pursue this because we were too busy working full time, raising three kids, doing freelance writing and getting a weekly podcast out. Yeah, like, that's it, a lot. <laughs> our plates were this was last spring. So it would have been the spring of 2014, uh, 15. 15. And our plates were 100% full. Because you were still working full-time. I was as teaching full-time. Yep. And the boys were all in, uh, the two boys were in kindergarten, and our little guy was in preschool. Very busy. And, you know, the working mom, like seriously. I know. And Jeremy yeah. was working full-time, so we had our plate fall. And I was on my lunch break one day, and I checked my email, and there was probably a two-sentence email. Oh, I think email. it was a one-sentence email. <laughs> and I quote, Are you interested in writing The Idiot's Guide to RV Vacations? Signed, yeah. editor from Penguin Random House. Right. And both oh of us kind gosh. of were like, uh, really? Like, is I this real? I thought it was a scammy 
kind of an email at first, but then it had all like, the trappings. Give us your credit card number, <laughs> and we'll, <laughs> and we'll, yeah. we'll talk your book. about that. It had enough of the trappings of the signature line, and the signature line was a big deal because it was fake. What random? I was like, this is somebody who is presenting themselves as a part of a major publisher. And then once we realized it was real, the answer is obviously yes. So you, what you, did you do? Did you Google the editor to see I, if she was a real person? I went right oh. to LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was okay, like, yeah. and this who was is a this? big editor. Yeah. And apparently she and, had and been we, reading our blog and uh, okay. thought we could write. Yeah. I, she thought right. Yeah, I mean, no, it's we, I just crazy. said that Stephanie, because maybe some girl campers don't know this. Stephanie, your listeners know this, but Stephanie was a fourth grade teacher, and Jeremy, you're an AP English teacher. That I am. So you two are educators to begin with, but you were two full time working parents. So when you saw it on LinkedIn, Stephanie, were you like, did you call Jeremy right away? Like, oh my gosh. We texted because we're teachers. Yeah. So, you know, it's Text like you're, your desk. you're like on prep period. Period and yeah. and who knows he's probably in a class you yeah. know so calling is no go so I was texting I was like OMG but I probably used more explicit yeah. language yeah. like <laughs> this is like, honestly it was one of the craziest emails I think we had ever received yeah, and our our response was really just as terse yes we are tell us more yeah you know, and that started a conversation mm-hmm. that lasted cool. oh we always play a cool Janine yeah <laughs> ice yeah. <laughs> Ice in our veins. Yeah. But it started almost a two-month process of that initial email and then getting a book contract. Right. So we set up a phone conference and we talked more with the editor just about our background, about what she was looking for. And then uh, we had to do a sample chapter. chapter. So we had to, you know, audition as it were. And they wanted to make sure that we could kind of all come together and, you know, produce a product that everybody would be happy with. And uh, after this very long period and many nights spent with <laughs> us, like writing together to do this and a feeling really, I don't know, very like stressed out about it. I mean, it's a big thing. It stressed was the out about thing. the sample chapter, just getting it out there. Yeah, you were traveling for work, remember? Yeah, I was on the road for work. Was, the end of the school year was rapidly approaching. We weren't sure if we had the contract. And, you know, interestingly enough, we finalized the contract. The day after we both ended school, yeah. while we were we were packing for our huge summer RV trip, yeah. so we were simultaneously packing and going back and forth on last second emails, finalizing a contract for a book right. that was going to be due on September first. Yeah, we were negotiating a contract for basically three months, not even three months, two and a half months, and it was all the nitty gritty that day. So we would like bring the crock pot out to the camper oh. and email back. <laughs> Like, well, what about this? Blah, 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 blah. Because it was just the little details at that point about the project. And we did. We were... The the boys were were they still at school? I don't know. I don't remember them being around at that. They time. were not in the house that <laughs> they day. Yeah. The house. It might have been one of those lock them in the closet days. I, I don't, don't know. know. Because I remember like literally us carrying towels out back and forth. Yeah, and, we and left emailing. the next morning for a huge trip to Great Smoky Mountains National Park with a signed book contract and a whole lot of work ahead of us for the summer. Yeah. So let me ask you that because I remember last summer. When we we were getting ready, we were talking about the, producing the Girl Camper podcast. We were getting some ducks in a row there. That was an idea that was floating around out there, too. So we were in contact. And I just remember, well, when the, the day school ended, the Puglisi's get out of town. It looks like the roadrunner heading down the road. <laughs> it's just a, a field of dust. Pages of the book contract <laughs> flying out the window. So you guys, I remember that you guys had a lot on your plate already. Well, we had lined up trips with our partners with um, Camp Jellystone and with KOA. And so we were going to visit their campgrounds and and to write about those campgrounds. So we had a lot of blog posts due already. I mean, we had sort of our standard workload that Stephanie and I do. We had just started working with Progressive. uh, We were writing blog posts for Progressive. So we had a lot of writing on our plate already. And then throwing the book on top of it was, it stunned us, I think, into inaction. Yeah. If you had asked us at the beginning of the summer before the book contract, like we would have said, oh, we have such a busy summer lined up. 
We're, we've got work. We have all of our partner relationships going. We've got our jobs lined up. We're going to be traveling and writing all summer long. And that was before the book contract. And that your parents, too, three little boys. Yeah. Yeah, they come along for the ride. And and, and your yeah. kids are they're they're not the crayon coloring kind. What do you mean by that, Janine? <laughs> Go ahead. What do you mean? I mean duck she means when you they enter like to... the campsite. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. And Unless boys you want like to get to... squirted with a water gun. And mm-hmm. they like to climb mountains and they like to swim and kayak. They like to be active. Your all boys summer are long. extremely active. They entertain and th- th- your kids aren't looking to be entertained. They entertain themselves. But yeah. you do structure Sometimes through, you know, nefarious means. Yeah. But yes, <laughs> they do entertain themselves. But, you know, they're also but not... But they were a year younger, too. Yeah, and they're not device kids. We don't own any video games. Mm-hmm. They don't own iPods. Like... So that's not part of our family culture. So it's not like there's we a lot of quiet time. We were in front of a movie all summer and write a yeah. book. Okay. That wasn't in the cards for us. So let's talk about that then because I can't even imagine. So you th- you thought you had so much on your plate and then this contract comes up and you've got all these travel plans. But you also already have um, – you've got the full plate. and you. So what was the plan? What did she? How there did was you no plan, Janine. That was the problem. <laughs> I mean, we showed up in Great Smoky Mountains National Park, and we also wanted to go hiking and see the national park. So for the first week, we did not write a word of that book because I just think we did yeah. not have a plan. We didn't know how to approach it because you didn't do it before. Yeah, and I, I think it was actually a little more than a week because we went to Fancy Gap and. That was just an amazing start to our trip. We had one of those magical family RV vacations in Fancy Gap, Virginia, um, right off the Blue Ridge Parkway. It was the start of our trip. And it was one of those trips that just placed us in like Zen RV mode where we were there at this sleepy little quiet bucolic campground and we were going to places like Andy Griffith's, you know, mm. like a birthplace. The, the place took us by surprise. Yeah. You're taking me back to the podcast from last <laughs> summer. <laughs> it was, you know, and that's one of our most popular podcasts yeah. ever. We'll that Blue a, we'll Ridge a, Parkway one. We'll have a RVing piece out about Fancy Gap, Virginia at some point soon. Yeah, it should be coming. Okay. We already turned that in. So, you know, we had this really wonderful experience as a family. I remember you were going down to play checkers with the, you know, the two older boys, like every night at that patio overlooking, you know, the mountains. And I would put Wes down and kind of sit in, you know, my chair, my zero gravity chair, (laughs) you know, outside (laughs) afterwards. Like we we really did take this deep, relaxing breath. And um, I think that we forgot. We had to ramp it back up. <laughs> and there was a July 15th 25%, yeah. looming for 25% mm-hmm. of the book. Yeah. yeah. So you probably just really needed that week, though. You were both coming off finishing a school year. Jeremy, you travel at the end of your school year when you're grading the AP test. Yeah, that's right. And you like gearing up for the big trips, loading the camper, finishing the school year, negotiating a contract. You probably just needed that. <sighs> well, we did, and we enjoyed it very much. But then you <laughs> but, got but scared. But then the stress hit. And yeah. the stress hit, and Stephanie, it hit Stephanie hard. Like, we have to move. We need a plan. We need to start So who developed pages. the plan, and what was it? Is that a real question, Janine? <laughs> you can't see me winking. <laughs> I'm, I'm a more structured individual. Yeah. I hate, like, procrastinating. If something needs to be done, I want to do it. I, I really do thrive on that kind of structure. So we were looking at, like, the amount of chapters we needed. And it basically boiled down to the fact that we were going to have to do, a, a, you know, one of these locations, like, boom, 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 right after each other. We just So had the book to- is broken down into 40 different RV vacation locations. So you uh, divided those up and you knew your deadline. So what when you were in Fancy Gap, it was what, June... It June? was b- right before the 4th of July. Yeah, I we guess. spent the End 4th of June. July in the Great Smokies in Townsend. And um, we had a marvelous time there as well. And mm-hmm. we still were not writing the book. We didn't start <laughs> writing till the next stop the to next the uh, stop, Great Smoky Jellystone. Cosby. Cosby, Tennessee. Yeah. And at that point, we realized we had to you know, divide up the day. You had eight weeks. Eight mm-hmm. weeks. So one of us would take the kids. 
and the other one would write and then we'd maybe come back together for lunch and then and then switch so um somebody always had writing time and somebody always had the kids we were not spending a whole lot of time together right necessarily Uh, still in cosby i think we were still doing the thing where we would like go out in the morning and do an activity together a hike or dollywood we did dollywood while we were in cosby i mean that was just a campus of dollywood it was just a fantastic trip in the smokies we just had such an amazing time but at the end of that trip, we had met our deadline. The first 25%? I think so. We managed to. But we had, Barely. we knew that we <laughs> couldn't operate like that, that we had to kind of, you know, hunker down. Yeah. And really be serious. Get a serious and this was writing a, schedule. This was a job. Yeah. And okay. we had to do it. So. Okay. So, so that must have seemed strange to the boys because you guys really do structured things with your kids. You're into the hiking with the kids. So all of a sudden, dad's doing something in the morning. Wes is down for his nap. Mom's doing something in the afternoon with them. Did you sit the boys down and say, look, this is not going to be the regular routine? I don't think they were sitting. When we told them, because <laughs> yeah. your boys don't I mean, we, yeah, we told them, look, we're writing a book, that. you know, and we yeah. joke around, like, uh, you know, th- they didn't quite grasp that. I mean, Theo writes little books all the time, doesn't he? Yeah. So they didn't get how big the project was. We said that I think a hundred times over the course of the summer. Like, we're writing a book, we're writing a book, but it just doesn't mean anything to kids. You know, they they know books. Our boys are yeah. really very. Um, very strong readers like they love reading they love us reading to them but the idea that your parents are going to produce a book that would be in like your classroom library or something right. that's a little bit of an yeah. odd concept yeah. i think for kids to james grasp. and the giant peach they're yeah. thinking something yeah. that doesn't make sense to them you yeah. know like it's interesting it means the world to them now yeah yeah so we did say that a lot but it, it didn't register i think for them it felt like we were i don't know not giving them I think as it started much. to feel like we weren't really on vacation anymore. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but just that it was just summer and they were off school and they were, you know, eventually we hunkered down at the Myrtle Beach KOA for a long stretch. And we had been to Myrtle Beach many times, so we didn't feel any need to go touring Myrtle Beach. We just, we literally spent 11 days at the, at the campground without leaving and just knocking out pages. Writing from we, morning till night. We left to get water. You know? I remember hearing that on the podcast, you you saying, um, we're hunkered down and you were not giving away where you were. For some reason, I thought you were in Vermont. I'm like, I think they're in Vermont. They're no. in Vermont. Because that's where Janine would go. <laughs> that's where I would go. But I don't know. I've heard great things about Myrtle Beach from everybody lately. But so you guys went up there after your sponsored trips, your work trips were done. And did that seem like a better plan than coming back home? Like uh, then certain, the neighbor kids are ringing the bell and they want to go uh, out and play. At a certain point, Stephanie said, in a sense, it's easier to work at a campground where one of us can take the boys right to the playground, right to the pool. There's activities right there. And the other one can have quiet writing time. Where if we were at home, it's like, well, where are we taking the boys today? Got to get them out of the house. So that, that was a game changer for us. Just hunkering down. No need to be producing blog posts for a partner. No need to be touring the city or touring the beaches, just writing at the campground. And and we started to move pretty quickly. We did. I, th- I actually think we met 50%. We might have had to have met to met 50% and that's why we at Myrtle yeah yeah so it was always like those that next deadline that we were gearing up to and I think even after Myrtle Beach that was when we started to feel like we were ahead of the game we got really good then at it we came it. home and we really <laughs> did we just we just were in a, hit a groove yeah yeah you had it down by then yeah we would you know write all day and then together we'd edit at night and it worked and it we worked. were hitting a, you know we hit every deadline from that point and even finished a day or too early. We did. And I, you know what? I, I have to say, I'm kind of a secretly and not secretly anymore because I'm saying this. The whole summer I was, um, that was a point of pride for me. Yeah. Making the, my deadlines. deadlines. Yeah. Because yeah. I thought, you know, there's a lot of writers out there that are prima donnas and mm-hmm. that get all caught up in like, you know, creativity and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I thought, I want to be the kind of writer that's, uh, that, that meets contract. 
right? And that meets deadlines. deadline. And and we did. We met every single one of those. And I was kind of, that's that's a thing for me. I'm like that. I'm wired well, that way. Well, I think you should have an extra crown for it, Stephanie, because you're like that. You know, what, what's that thing they say about Fred Astaire? Uh, Ginger Rogers did everything he did a high, on high heels and going backwards. <laughs> so. <laughs> Not that you weren't in on a Jeremy. What I mean if by I'm that is... If I'm trying to stare in that analogy, I'm good. <laughs> You're okay with that, hon? But what I mean by that is you did all of that, both of you, while caring for three kids, meeting all your other uh, contract and partner responsibilities, and, and making your kids feel like, hey, we're still on vacation and mom and dad are here. Yeah, and I have to say, like, Jeremy and I, you know, we are a new kind of generation of parent where even though I was raised to do the cooking and the cleaning and I really right. was and he really wasn't. Yeah. Um so yes, it is more in my nature to be like there's dust bunnies everywhere. Yeah. We are, you know, in a time of our lives where we're team parents. Yeah. Like there's no sense that that's more of one person's job than another, right? right? So you guys that's truly important. are a team. Yeah, we are. And so it was hard for us. I think that that was one of the more difficult things is that, you know, we were splitting our team up. Yeah. We are very used to operating as a team and we like doing things together as, as, as a family. You hear some parents talk about divide and conquer Yeah, and we have three kids and in a lot of ways that would probably be easy for us, right? Divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. You go here with one, I'll go here with the other two. We, we really don't do that. We stick together and we yeah, parent together. You operate as a group. Yeah. So it was challenging for us in that way. It was it went against the grain of how we operate as a family. So um, but it was hard for me to see the reaction in my kids, like particularly Max. <laughs> he had this thing where he started to say about like all the way through the summer. He started to say, Mom, can we have a full dinner? <laughs> I was like a full dinner. He wanted sides, <laughs> side dishes. He wanted sides, and that just shows you that I, you know, I do put dinner on the table yeah. every night. It's yeah. a very important part of my life. We yes. eat dinner together as a family, but I cook it. You yeah. know, Jeremy's yeah. like, yeah. if I'm in charge, I'm ordering out. You know, and that's okay. I cook. They feed them. And I take my, you know, dinner seriously. I have a meal plan. And and by the end of the summer, Max just desperately wanted full dinners. (laughs) He wanted wanted green beans. He did. He he wanted his potatoes and vegetables. Let's just be honest. I mean, they knew something wasn't right. So you guys, you finished the book in September. You met your deadline. Now you, so Stephanie, I do want to ask you though. So you're sitting around the campfire and you're you just got what did you do take did you always have wi-fi or you don't need it to write but um you're sitting around the campfire in a campground where people are not writing and sitting on a screen what was the reaction of people i mean was there a was there a vibe coming off people from that? Oh, totally. It was like you sad sack. Like, oh. shut off your computer and play with your kids. Well, when we were in Vermont, <laughs> we were both outside, either one or the other, on the laptop all day long. First of all, you get Wi-Fi better yeah, you have outside, to step outside of the at a camp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so people were looking, particularly at you, people were looking at you like, what are you doing? Aww. You're at a campground. Why are you on a laptop? I got so used to the, the head shake. Oh, right. Yeah. People would walk by and they were spending their family time together and yeah. there would be this little look at me and I'd be sitting there on my zero gravity chair yeah. enjoying. And I'm I'm sitting there thinking, wow, am I lucky? Yeah. Like, this is my job. Yeah. I'm sitting at a campground. I'm outside. I'm looking at this beautiful view and I get to work. Right. And here I am writing away. Right. But then then the family would walk by and they'd look over and they'd be like, oh, that Poor lady. That mom. She doesn't get it. She doesn't know how to hump up. She's streaming her soap opera. (laughs) (laughs) Facebook. (laughs) While her husband has the kids at the pool. Long suffering husband. (laughs) I know. You know, it was just so funny because I thought you, you know, you, it's just so easy to judge. Right. You know, what you see around you. And that was an important lesson for, for me out of the whole thing, just about what it means to be a family in this modern day and age, too. So, for example, I took that to the next level and I thought, wow, for any family out there, if they can extend their vacation by family vacation by three days, if the father can check we his know email. by now right? that so many moms and dads who are sitting around at the laptop are actually checking in and with work and, and working. We've and learned that. And then they're going to get the rest of the then day gonna go for a with hike their when family. 
family. So how cool is that? Let's not judge people. I right? just keep <laughs> thinking this because I said, Sandy, um, you know, our New Jersey girl camper, Sandy, she's on her way to Tennessee to pick up her new tab trailer. And Sandy works from home and she lives three blocks from me. And I work from home. And so sometimes Sandy and I will meet at lunchtime just to get out away from your desk, you know. And we walk to the park and then we come back. I said, see you later, Sandy. I said, Sandy, we've got to figure out a way to work from the campground. Like we've got to take our trailers down to the campground if I could ever find one with decent Wi-Fi, you know. Yeah. And I just think campgrounds are missing the boat on this. they got to provide that Wi-Fi that lets people work from there. It's a great place to write yeah. if you don't have three young kids. I oh, mean, I, yeah. really, that was just, that that was the only thing is that we were just caretaking also. And yeah. writing and caretaking are two uh, difficult They don't things. really <laughs> often go together. No. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, because writing... All those authors that were great parents. Yeah, no, <laughs> right. Because being an author, like, really, it starts in a quiet place. And I, and I teach a writing class, and I always talk to uh, the people that I teach how to write. I'm always saying, you have to find your quiet place. And in this modern day, that's very difficult. So I talk about, like, this is, I'm going to, I've never said this before, but, like, I do, honestly, mm-hmm. so much of my writing in the shower. <laughs> I think it's the yeah. only place in my yeah. life that I feel totally unplugged and yeah. in my own head. And I'll sit there and I'm washing my hair. Yeah. And I. And the story's germinating. You know what direction you're going. I get my openings there. And right? <laughs> I get I get the whole thing going because it's so hard to tune out the noise of Now I know why life. she takes such long, long showers. showers. You know, my showers aren't that long for how productive they are. <laughs> she, hey, if I it didn't costs say you, you a little them. extra hot well, I, I actually go, I leave my house and I go to the library because mm-hmm. your house is so distracting. You yeah. Know? And I go to the library when I need to really get started on something that I'm procrastinating. What, what I'm just like, you turn into a kid at that library, like it's homework time, get busy. Yeah. You know, so. get to that library. So here the book is done. We're talking about the process, which I think is so fascinating because writing is work. You know, it's work. And so hard. <laughs> it, it's hard work. So the, you turned it all in in September. And then what's the process from there? The editor has it and what happens? Well, the editor starts editing and then sending back pages to us for final approval. So we're seeing all of their edits, which was an incredible learning experience for us. I was going to say, so you're an AP English teacher. What is she sending back to be edited? Oh, there's red ink. Uh, yeah. Concision, working on short, crisp sentences, um, fitting the house style to some house degree. style. So that was something the issues that of clarity. Uh, co- contractions. It was really funny because they were talking about. First of all, they were very complimentary. Our editors were lovely to us, and they were like, they said that we you very know, clean copy. Gave them yeah, very the clean pages copy. were coming back with plenty of red yeah. ink. You know, okay. But one of the things was just for house style. We didn't use contractions in our writing, okay. and. They do. Uh, they in, insert uh, contractions. And some, sometimes they would move whole pieces of uh, a passage around. You know, they would just move the paragraphs around. And you'd go, oh, my God, that's brilliant. Yeah. Why didn't I think of that? So working with an experienced Penguin Random House editor for me was a delight, actually. Did you and have some sympathy for your students? A, a little bit. <laughs> you know, I, I had a, a graduate school professor who was vicious with the red ink and practically made me cry. So he made me very tough with that. And so yeah. when I got those pages back, I looked at it as a learning experience, not as something to feel bad I about. I don't think you yeah, I don't know that we ever felt um, no, affronted yeah. at all. I, I think no, that it was... So clearly they were improving the text. Oh, yeah. That's what an editor is supposed to do. And it's fascinating. You know, everyone at this table here blogs. Mm-hmm. And that's... You're, you're writing it, you're editing it, and you're putting it out into the world without necessarily that professional person looking at it. Right. So it was an incredibly enriching experience. I get anxious actually... about that sometimes. Like what, you know, they never send mine back for clarity mm-hmm. or anything. And I, in the blogging it, world, it's not the same. There aren't necessarily yeah. editors out there. I mean, yeah. there's people that put our posts up. They're not so Sometimes I think, what if, what if this was a real editor looking yeah. at my work and, you know, so, so how long did that process take? Two I months we, or so? Yeah, we did that through the fall, um, added some extra, like, re- Resources that was like all the additional resources pages and everything, and kind of um, some online components. We had to fill out some photos, some photographs they didn't have. I provided. We helped them pick the cover photo. Oh, tell us about the cover photo because I love it. 
So Don't we, you? Isn't it pretty? I, I am so gorgeous. happy with the look we of our so not your basic RV book cover. Yeah, we requested that an Airstream be on the cover because we wanted it to communicate timelessness. We didn't want this to appear to be a book for Dated. young yeah. people or for old people. The, the Airstream mm-hmm. seems to communicate to everybody of all ages. And it was important to us that this book is for every RVer at every stage in their lives. And so we asked if they would um, contact Monica Bennett, who's a Go RVing blogger and just an amazing blog. photographer and an Airstream owner. So that happened very quickly. They were thrilled with Monica and within 24 to 48 hours, there was a cover photo selected yeah they picked a picture of hers Um, we were so thrilled that they just took our recommendation and that just goes to show too it was such a wonderful relationship that we had with them as editors and publishers they were so generous to us as being um i think like you know experts in our field like knowing the industry we had to explain to our editors like what a black tank was or hookups remember they they didn't know if they needed separate um little like little um icons for like the sewer electric and (laughs) and and um sewer electric and water water water. and we were like no you have to because Sometimes there's some and sometimes yeah. there's not all of yeah. them. We had to explain all that. It was really fun. <laughs> it gives you great respect for these two people, too, that are editing books on every imaginable topic under the it's sun. It's a learning process for them. Absolutely. So so when all the editing is done, pictures are chosen, and then it was just a waiting game, huh? It's a waiting game. And we, we got an advanced copy fairly early, like in March, which was a, a, quite a bit earlier than we thought. So it was very, very exciting for us to have that one copy in our hands, which yeah. we treasured. And there was really not many. You know, they had a copy. We had a copy, basically. And then it was just waiting for the book to come out in the bookstore. So tell tell me about what kind of response there was to the book. Tell, tell about the podcast listeners, because I saw the cutest picture on your Instagram feed with all of of your podcast listeners sending in pictures of them reading the book. It was so cute. It seems like we're being, um, I don't know, corny or, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what it seems like, but it seems sort of silly sometimes for us to emphasize how amazingly kind our podcast listeners are to us, yeah. but they truly are. And they just first of all we were getting all of these emails and and uh social media posts days leading up to the release saying i got this notice from amazon it's People coming were snapping photos of the emails saying yeah. the book was on the way so the, the excitement coming from our listeners was like palpable and it was it was lovely because we didn't expect such an outpouring and we just didn't realize that so many of them had pre-ordered the book yeah and then it's a nice deal for penguin random house to have yeah. somebody with you know whose podcast has to 36,000 downloads a month. That's a lot of listeners to pre-order your book. Yeah. And so the the interesting part was, too, is it really represented who we were as podcasters because people were hashtagging pictures of their kids holding the book. And these kids <laughs> were like into it and everything. And it was just, I don't know, like we feel like one of our biggest uh, goals as a podcast is to create a sense of community. Right. Around getting out there, having fun with your kids, um, you know, exploring the world in an RV because it's just simply the best way to do it. Right. It it is. Yeah. (laughs) So we're selling something we really believe in. Right. Very personal level. And then so it feels like we're building a community. And then the feedback we got, you know, on these days, it felt like that. It felt so like family and very personal. There were so many people so happy for you. Yeah, like that's what it felt like. It felt and like I was like high-fiving us. That, that your, the picture you guys had of your announcement of your three boys sitting on the couch in their jammies and each one of them holding a copy of the book, that was darling. It, yeah. it was so touching and, and And so we'll circle back around to the fact that our boys all summer long kind of like... I don't know. Didn't really, you know, believe you believe us about <laughs> writing the book. And it or, turns yeah. out that their friends at school did not believe them. Right. They so we found out. Yeah, we didn't know this, but so our boys were telling kids at school. You know, some of the kids at school, like my mom and yeah. my dad, wrote a book. Yeah. And we had and the copy at home, but we wouldn't let them take it in because it was our only. It was copy. our only copy. So they're saying, "Oh, yeah. they wrote a book," and <laughs> I guess some of the kids at school were saying, "If they like." No, they didn't. 
stop saying ridiculous. Fibber. It started to really bother. Like, liar, liar, Theo liar, in particular. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the the books came in, and we let them bring Take in it. a copy. And they came home. I mean, it was like they were floating on air. Like, everybody believed them. And everyone believes everything they say now. <laughs> yeah. Which might be dangerous. Yeah. Street cred. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was yeah. 100% like, okay, we proved. Yeah. You know, I said, I said this one kid who was really, you know, saying, no, that's not true. That's not true. And it was so funny. I was like, he's from the show me state. Yeah, Guys, Missouri. You're just, show me. Like, you're just going to have to accept this yeah. kid is from the show me state. <laughs> so you're going to show him. And, and sure and enough. going to be the end of it. Sure enough, that was the end of it. And he's good. Well, I do <laughs> want you to take a couple minutes to talk about how the book is set up. Because I love that the book is not just destination. So, Jeremy, tell us about each chapter and how the book is broken up. Well, I'm opening it up right now. Okay. So it starts out with a few chapters that they call or we call RVing Essentials. So there's safety and convenience tips, which is great for just like the RV newbie and even just to brush up if you've owned an RV for a while. And then we give our best tips for campground camping, like how to pick campgrounds and what our process is. That's that's a specialty of ours. It's a specialty of ours. (laughs) We pride ourselves, like we pick the best sites and the best campgrounds. So we give all our insights tips on how we do that. There is a section on boondocking and there's a section on trip planning in general. So there's some really good introductory chapters. And then it heads right into those 40 great RV vacations from all over the country. And then there's also some special chapters and thematic chapters. Yeah, which were my favorite. They ended up being my favorite to write, like the uh, Kentucky Bourbon Trail, you know. Or like the Civil War Yeah, the uh, Civil War tour. Where you can plan an RV trip based around a theme. And we wanted do so much California gold rush like that was just fun I mean that's how yeah that's how we travel we're you know we try to think outside the box a little bit yeah so um so we had 40 of those and in all of those destinations we recommend three different campgrounds and we tried to do like a resort Uh, maybe a, an NPS campground, maybe something in between. So we tried to hit everybody's sweet spot because everybody has such different and price I- point. ideas of what a great campground is. Yeah, right. like if there was a lower price point, we would definitely, you know, try to include that if it was a good campground. There's no campground in this book that we included that is not a good campground, meaning Clean, well tended, right? But like, some of them are twenty dollars a night, and some of them are hundred. But maybe no hookups, and that's yeah. okay because some great campgrounds don't have and, hookups. And everybody likes to camp in a different way. Right. I mean, we always have that debate in our family because I like that kind of off the grid, uh, not boondocking. I don't want a boondock, but I I don't want super slides and bouncy pillows. You like a rustic kind oh, of. Yeah, camp. You don't want to be just, staring at an RV five feet away from your RV. No, I don't, and I don't want everybody's kids screaming and yelling and you know uh, I, I just want that peaceful quiet I want to hear the crickets and you know Rick it, he likes a super store you know, like oh, I do Jeremy know, he, loves oh a good camp gosh. store. Gosh, Rick judges a campground by their camp oh, store. Oh, the camp store is mentioned in many of these campground reviews. Don't you worry. <laughs> right, it will say, like, if this campground has the a great... The beating heart of a good campground. Yeah, it will have that in the book. It says if it's a great camp well, store. Well, there have been many a times I've been saved by a good campground camp mm-hmm. store, but it's, it's not high on my priority list of choosing a campground. But it's so... Um, it's just so interesting. I, when I look at the book, my mind is swimming with all the places I want to go now. I hope so. That's the point. That this is, is a point. book it's a about dreamer. dreaming. It's a yeah. dreamer. And that's what we do. Um, we we really do say that the RV lifestyle just opens up the possibility of endless adventure, right, right. for travelers. So we wanted a book to be both. This is like our, our trick personality i think we want it to be both dreamy and useful so we tried to get that right. into the book and i i have to say i think we succeeded i you did. I, I like this book and every rvr knows you, know, you could spend the rest of your life exploring our big beautiful country there's right. so much to say and we're both constantly astonished at how wonderful our country is I mean, we, we go to Charleston and we're like oh my god this is amazing we go into New England this is amazing uh, we have a really wonderful country for travel and it's not just the um, the destination the thing about RV lifestyle and RVing is that it's it's about 
the journey. We're back to the journey versus destination. It's not just let's get to Myrtle Beach. It's what you're seeing and doing along the way. Yeah, and we do travel like that quite a bit. We have lots of stops along the way. This summer is going to be the same thing. We're going all over the place. We have a million oh, we're, things. We're hitting so at least a dozen we, campgrounds. Uh, or so I have to ask the question then, Stephanie. When can we expect your next book? Okay, so the answer to that question is that, yes, you can officially expect the next book. We're not going to say That's anything vague. more about that. But well, we, ha- we are yes. starting to work on right. it. Right. So you okay. can officially expect the next book. Sometime it will happen, but it will not be written this summer. You're- we dedicated, you know, ourselves to spending this summer doing what we do best, which is traveling with our kids and kind of documenting that journey for other people through our podcast and, you know, through our freelance writing. We'll start sketching the book out and uh, get down to the nuts and bolts in the fall, hopefully. Yeah. Well, maybe you could write it over the winter so next summer you'll be free. Sounds like a great (laughs) idea, Janine. That's kind. (laughs) plan we'll see how that works but oh my gosh we're already talking too much about it but yeah so no, i'm well i i maybe i'll i know somebody and i'll be able to get the scoop before yeah, the rest yeah, of the world yeah, yeah. but so. thank you thank you for sharing this because uh, this has been so interesting to me because the process of writing the book is is fascinating to me i mean that's a lot of pressure and deadlines that a lot of work went into this but the book itself it's a page turner it's a dreamy book i've been sitting on the bed with it at night and looking at it and and um, it's dog-eared already i have all these corners bent of places i want to go oh well that's very nice to hear and i hope that that's the case for everybody that picks up the book i mean i don't want it to be a shelf you know, oh, this, this is not. I want it to be something. I think it's nice that, you can dip into it. You yeah. know, it's a book you can pull yeah. out and read a couple of pages and dream about those future trips and then put it away and pull it back out a few nights later. Yeah, I hope we get like a good some inspiration. Just keep pulling it out. So tell everyone where they can buy the book. Okay, well, you can buy it anywhere. I mean, and I, I double checked on this. I went to anywhere our local booksellers. Are I, I do. I, I went to Barnes and Noble on the very first day just to make sure it was on that shelf, and it was. <laughs> I was like, oh, phew, right? So you know, wherever your bookstore is, they'll have it, and of course, it's on Amazon. If you go to our website, rvfamilytraveloutlets.com, we have it on the sidebar, so you can just okay. click right on it there anywhere. If you want to order this is it? Silly, yeah. but is it on Kindle? Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, you can, you can get, get it the as Kindle any version. You can get it on yeah. okay. iPad. You can get it wherever books are sold, Janine. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Literally. I love it. And, <laughs> Everywhere. And if, and if you want an autographed copy, they can mail it to you, huh? <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. That gets tricky. <laughs> You have to, they well, have to come to you have event. to come to the balloon we're festival. Be, right. So we're going to be at the balloon festival in New Jersey. I think it's like July Last weekend of July 2930 at 31st. Flows road trip with the progressive RV. So bring your book there and we'll sign it. Hershey. We're also going to be at the Hershey RV show. We're also going to be at the Florida RV super show. Yeah, the Florida RV super show. So all so of just those keep places. Keep it with you all the time. Yeah. In case you bump into you too. <laughs> and we'll sign it. <laughs> well, I, I and I have to say that I was very touched that you acknowledged me in your acknowledgments. How could we not? <laughs> it said, um, a special thanks to Janine Pettit, our fairy godmother. <laughs> yeah, and that's what you are to so many people, and that's why we wanted to acknowledge you because oh, you goodness. are an inspirational person to so many people, oh, and you have done that for us also. We just love working the with you. The first time we saw you speak at an RV show, she's we were special. like, we got to work with this person. We said she's special. <laughs> she's got that thing. So. She's got that thing, right? I think yeah. it's known as the gift of the gab. Somebody make her stop. Yeah. <laughs> nope, we're going to keep I, going. I'm still making up for growing up in a large family where I never had a voice. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I never, that middle kid, I never got a voice. We're but giving anyway, you the voice. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on and sharing this. And I, and I just can't recommend the book highly enough. And not just because I love you guys, and because it's good. Well, thank you very thank much. Thank you for yes. having us, Janine. Oh, Jeremy, I cannot have you on next week. I'm sorry. That, we'll take, we'll take a rest. <laughs> just promise me I'll come back on again someday. You absolutely will. Yes, right. absolutely so will. So we will officially, literally, see you at the campground. We'll see you at the campground. Okay. <laughs> right, bye. Hi, everyone. This is Stephanie Puglisi from the RV Family Travel Atlas podcast. And some of you might have heard that Jeremy and I wrote a book called The Idiot's Guide RV Vacations. It's chock full of RV travel and safety tips. 
and it has recommendations for our top 40 American RV destinations. It's a great companion book to The Complete Idiot's Guide to RVing, which is also available from Penguin Random House. And you can find them both at your favorite booksellers or online. Thanks for reading, and we will see you at the campground. Before I sign off today, I want to remind everyone to play Where's Flo? So this is the game we're playing all summer long with the RVFTA podcast friends. They're going to be posting pictures of Flo all over the country all summer long. And you need to just go to their Instagram account, RV Family Travel Atlas Instagram. Find the picture of Flo. Put your guess as to where she is in the comments and hashtag another RV full. You'll be in the race to win cool progressive swag. Now, I don't know if you're going to win a bobblehead flow, but it's going to be something good. <laughs> I don't know if you can get better than a bobblehead flow. I want to thank my sponsors, Progressive Insurance, Little Guy Worldwide, and Penguin Random House. I'd also like to thank my special guests, Stephanie and Jeremy Puglisi for coming on the show today and sharing what goes on behind the scenes when you're writing a book. <laughs> that was so interesting. So I also want to thank Stephanie for producing the show. So not only was she the guest, but then she had to put it all together. <laughs> thank you, Stephanie. Stephanie and Jeremy can be heard every Wednesday on Campground of the Week and every Friday on the RV Family Travel Atlas podcast. I'll be back here next week. But until then, have safe and happy trails. See you next week.